Right, yesterday I had the pleasure of catching up with Mr. Jimmy Barnes, the one and only, um, as I said before, he's in Dunedin on the 7th of February, um, doing a kind of spoken word and old-timey sing-song um, show, because um, he wrote a book about his childhood um, childhood memoirs, um, and it ain't a pretty thing, it ain't a pretty thing at all, growing up in a, an abusive household, um, in, uh, first in Glasgow, and then after immigrating from from there to Adelaide in Australia. Um, so here's myself and Jimmy Barnes. You enjoy, you're on the one, 91FM. Right now I am joined by the one and only Jimmy Barnes. Good morning, Jimmy. G'day, mate, how are you? I am not too bad, not too bad at all. It's summertime, so you can't be uh, too glum. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's very good, it's very good. <laughs> right, um... Now, uh, of course, Working Class Boy, the book's out. Um, you're about to begin uh, New Z- your New Zealand tour, uh, and you're coming down to our mm-hmm. very own um, Dunedin. Um, it's going to be a, a wonderful evening. But um, music is always, uh, music is storytelling, and throughout your career you have told stories of the Australian life, blue-collar life, um, but they were always kind of like short snippets, you know? That's what a song is, uh, of a typical life in the suburbs or the inner city. But Working Class Boy um, is a complete picture, um, and it's a hard story to tell. Was writing this book uh, like going back and learning to write again? You know what? When I wrote songs, it was always, I've always written the little, like you said, snippets, windows of your, of your, of your pictures of your, of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Of how you feel, about feelings. This, this, this uh, you know, um, writing a book is like filling in the blanks around around the pictures. You know, the, this is uh, these are the, the stories in this book of, of why I became like I was, why I was angry, why I was afraid, why I was, you know, why I was seeking attention, why I was drinking, why I was, you know, all the all the gaps in in, in everything that I was. This is the stuff that, and and I hadn't. Writing the book was done for myself. It was a personal thing mm-hmm. first. Yeah. I sat, I sat down and I thought, you know, I, I, you know, and I knew I had something to write about, and I started to write, and suddenly all this stuff started coming out. Which some of it I knew, some of it there was there was things in there that I that I hadn't spoken to anybody about. I yeah. spoke to my siblings or my or my wife and kids or anybody about. It was stuff that I never wanted to talk about again. Mm-hmm. But there was also stuff that when I started writing. That I realised I blocked from my own memory and stuff that I that I didn't want to I didn't want to face again myself. This book is the stuff that I've been running away from all my life. In uh, the, the the things in this book uh, that shaped my life. Some of that for the good, some of it for the bad. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I you know the the, the on the cover I think they say it's a memoir of running away, a story of running away. Yeah. I've been running all my life. A lot of that was from shame, shame, guilt. You know, um, you know, I, 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 shame of shame of being poor. You know, so it's really difficult living in poverty. And when you're, you know, there's, uh, and you know, I lived with domestic violence and abuse and poverty and and all that stuff as a child. And, and you know, people read the book now and they go, "Oh, yeah, that's how it was in the '60s." But you know what the, the big problem is? It hasn't changed that much. We had, no. as a, as a as a as a culture as as a, as a you know. Our, our, our governments, our, our, ourselves, we haven't dealt with these with these conditions. There's more poverty now than there was when I was young. There's more domestic violence now than there was when I was young. There's more abuse going on in, in homes now than mm-hmm. when I was young. Poverty is it creates this huge like it's, it's like just puts pressure on on yeah. families. You know. Yeah. And uh, that that you know that and that comes out in different ways, whether it's from drinking, violence, 
fear, you know, shame, the guilt of parents not being able to give their kids everything they want yeah. know, or, or provide for them or feed them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's horrible. Poverty creates depression, right? Because you, mm. your life yeah, is hard. And you go to, yeah. you know, you can medicate yourself or you unleash, you know, uh, mm. violence because you are struggling to deal with your own existence and your life uh, and having to uh, give life and look after others. Yeah, and, and you know, and even just the shame of, you know, like for a parent or for a kid, the shame of not being able to, you know, like these days, of, you know, the pressures that families have, well, it's, you, know, you haven't got an iPhone, you know, kids yeah. don't have an iPhone, like that's, and that's another, that's something you go, oh, I wish I could buy one for my child, you know, and that, you know, that creates solvents, there's so much of that, and, and but when it comes down to it, when you can't feed your child, when yeah. you can't look after your child, when you can't protect your child from the, your own behavior because of that pressure then that that's what's really and these are the issues that when i was writing the book, i didn't realize i was going to start opening up this can of worms but that that's what i realized that all the stuff that i went through that created you know this all the stuff from from my parents to deal with and for me to deal with and you know and so, subsequently i was you know i was you know abused and i was you know i was afraid and i was ashamed for mm-hmm. most of my life and when I, when at the end of this book, um, I, you know, I'm 17 years old, I leave home with cold chisel. And basically I was running away from my past. I didn't want to know about it anymore. I never looked back. Mm-hmm. But everything in that, everything that's in this book affected everything I did ever since. And part of that, you know, was, was good and part of it was bad. You know, part of it was, you know, like, I, you know, I, I have, you know, children and grandchildren and I haven't, I haven't beaten my wife and I haven't abused my kids, but I've drank myself half to death you know, yeah. for, for most of my life. And that's what alone is a form of abuse. You know, my kids have seen me destroying myself that's and wondered right. what was wrong. And and so, so it, it, writing this book is to sort of way of sort of breaking the cycle. I just want to you know, stop, reassess, and and change the way the tack of things. And you know, this is breaking the cycle. Yeah, and even and though hopefully, when I. I and hopefully if I change, then I can make it easier for my kids to change, yeah. for, my, for my grandkids to change. Yeah, even though it's later in life and your kids are growing and whatnot, they can see the, mm. the, 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 what you're doing now and see a way out, whether they're in it or not. Yeah. Um, but That's right. Yeah. But you, you said, like, um, you know, when you were writing the book, it brought things up to the surface that you hadn't remembered or you, you totally blocked out. So did you have to mm. deal with those things again? Like it was like, you know, like it was almost just happening? You know what? There was, yeah, there were, I was dealing with them anyway, but only not, I wasn't dealing with them well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, over the last few years, believe me, I haven't done this alone. I've had, I've had a lot of great support from my family, my wife, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of support, you know, from from. Different, you know, different people that I know, friends, but I've also gone and seen a therapist. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the the thing is with the, with stuff like abuse and and violence and fear, you can't deal with it on your own. It was really you really need to talk about this stuff, and whether it's to a professional or to a, a priest or to a friend or to a, you know a, a family member, it has to be spoken about. Um, so I, I've had I've had the luxury of being able to talk to people about this, and every day I'd, I'd sit and write the book. I was sitting writing, and I'd, I'd get up and then. You know, like twice a week I'd speak to a therapist, you know, just so I could just sort of deal with the issues that were coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it, it helped. It was good. Yeah, well, because if you're dealing with it by yourself, you're only ever asking one question, and that's always a why. Uh, and you're never, yeah, getting, exactly. you're, you're never getting really to an answer or a way of dealing with it. No, you get, the same, you get the same answer every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I wonder if, if this, like, you kind of touched on it before, but I wonder if this was a story of the time or if it's a timeless tale. Because uh, even though things can be diagnosed now, 
and we know that depression is a thing and certain types of depression and um, the causes of alcoholism and a lot of other things. Um, but we know the causes and we can diagnose it and prescribe for it, but we you know, still don't have a way of fully dealing with it. Well, you know, the thing is that, you know, it's there's social issues. When, 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 you know, the government's cutting, in Australia, the government's cutting funding to sort of families, to, to childcare, to education, mm-hmm. to, you know, like a, a, a simple ways of taking pressure off families. If you could feed it, if every kid in, you know, if the schools are all, you know, funded well, and every kid gets a meal at school, you know, if you get one hot meal a day, that's a really good thing. But yeah. that's stuff that, you know, that, that's... That's, that's, you know, you, you, then you start talking about you've got to pay for it, so you've got taxes up. Uh, you know, but instead the governments are cutting things to get elected, and yeah. you know they're cutting you know, funding to you know to um, you know therapists to you know to uh, to uh, childcare, all the things that really they should be investing more money into to, to to help secure the family unit. You know, because if a family's happy, it gets more productive and it gets, you know, the, 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 essentially the, the community will get more out of a family that's, that's productive, that's healthy. Yeah. But uh, but instead, we're cutting those fundings and cutting those, and really, and that isolates more people. You know, when, when you can't get access to funding to help you know, educate your children or to feed them or to clothe them or whatever, it just isolates families more and more and causes more problems. Mm. So really, the, the, the you know, there's a lot of social issues be dealt with in this but the personal issues are you know at some point you have you have to accept responsibility for yourself yeah. and you have to step up and you have to say okay what is my part in this how can i change it yeah yeah and, and, the, and the good thing about life is it's never too late to change you know you might have gone through but there's a lot of damage done but if you change now you're not creating any more damage and you can start to fix things yeah. that, that's what i found it's never too late to fix things up you know you can always say sorry and, and pick yourself up and do the right thing that's right well you're a 60 year old man now you know and, and yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. It. but it's never too late yeah never that's too right late. the problem with the government stuff of like that people either poor people don't vote or they vote for the person that says there's going to be jobs and not for yeah. the things they really need. And maybe, you but, you know, know, but yeah, but the thing is that people, the, the governments, you know, the, the, the politicians, even even you know, that we, you know, look in this country, you're getting the, the rise of one nation, and you know, people who are afraid and, and worried about immigration, immigrants taking their jobs and this and that. You know, immigrants have never immigration has been proved to create more jobs. Yeah, not, of course. Not, not take away jobs. But it's being bring you know, people are politicians and people who want power are preying on the fears of, of you know of families and, and, and struggling families out there. And that's why you're getting people like Trump and stuff like that in, you know, up and elected. They're not gonna they're not gonna solve anything, but they're no. preying on the fears of that the other you know, because we're just you know, really the, the you know, most politicians seem to be in in this job to look after themselves. Whereas oh, it's supposed there's supposed to be public service. They are public servants and they're there to help break this community run. And that's what that's just the people we need in government, the people we need working for us, the people who are willing to, to sacrifice themselves for, for social issues, to put, them, to put their jobs on the line to mm-hmm. get what they need for their constituents. That's exactly but right. But people don't do that. But they career politicians. That's a career now. Yeah, yeah, it's a career. And, yeah, and, that's not, and, and they're doing it to save their job, and that's not that's not good enough for us. You know, that's not that's not going to help the society. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, you know. And I'm not, I don't like to tar everybody with the same brush. There are good people out there, and there are good people in, in members of, our, of all our governments. But you know what? It's it's just the nature of you know greed and power. Yeah. You know, people want power. 
This is exactly right. You're completely right. It's very such a big issue. I'm opening up a can of worms. We could talk for hours on this. I talk, I talk about it quite yeah. a lot on my show, um, and I have quite yeah. a lot of politicians on. Um, but we better get back to um, this, your, your story. Um, you know, yeah. we hear a lot about um, you know Glasgow in those days, and even now, um, the way of the working life, uh, working class life over there, booze and violence. You know, um, yeah. you know, it, it's almost normal, and it sounds like Elizabeth was kind of the same. Well, basically, Elizabeth was. I've, I've just read a book called The End of the Lion. Uh, uh, basically, it was about you know, but Elizabeth was built around Holton's General Motors, Holtons, and it was a they, it was a place, a factory. They bought this lot of load of earth that was just horrible ground. Nothing would grow there. They built a factory, and then they built houses around it and filled it full of immigrants. So, so all where we lived was just immigrants, just Scottish, British, you know, English, Irish immigrants, mm. and. All the problems that they had post-war in Britain, you know, because of booze and, and, and lack of education and, and social pressures, they just brought straight to Australia. So really, my, like my mum and dad, I remember my my mum my told me that they moved from Scotland because, you know, my dad was drinking. He's a gambler. He was a drinker. He was a womanizer. He was violent. And my mum thought that if they got away from the pressures at home, he would leave all that behind and they'd be all rosy and, you know, start, start fresh, which doesn't happen. So basically, they immigrated to Australia, traveled 12,000 miles, and suddenly, my there's my mum, 12,000 miles from her, any support, you know, any of her family, and she's alone, and she's got six kids, and my dad's problems just got worse. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, and that happened with a lot of the immigrant families. They brought their own problems with them, mm-hmm. and, they, and they weren't addressed. Um, so, you know, we got to, uh, we got to Adelaide and, and really make, you know, my mum and dad just went from bad to worse, you know, it was, uh, a, you know, a, and it's a, a, you know, a classic story, you know, my dad was out, you know, he would gamble and drink all the money and my mum would be home trying to feed us and then, then she belt him when he got home and there'd be huge violence, you know, and then they ended up, they were getting so drunk, there was strangers in our house that shouldn't have been around kids and all sorts of stuff it's a very dark story but yeah. in the end basically you know it's a story of you know I, i've made it through and i fought through it and i and the start all the things that i was brought up all the abuse and violence all and and the need to be to be liked you know like I, as a kid i would just do anything like i was top of my class i was captain of the football team i was doing everything to be for, to get my parents to like me or to, to feel safe mm-hmm. and all that stuff Made me the rock and roll singer that I have. Yeah, and all you know. It's, so you get you get get the good with the bad. It's, it's how I dealt with it later. That that that, that stuff affected everything I did later on. So it's a it's a very complex story. Um, um, it's I talk about this a lot in the tour. I talk about you know how these uh, issues affected me as an adult. Um, yeah. uh, and and I, I expand on the stories because the stuff that occurred to me since writing the book. You know, I've thought about it more. And I've, I've got more insights into the stories. The other thing about the show is, like most people, music was like, you know, it's, it's, there's like signposts in your life, you know, that, that mark points in your life. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do I, there, I do songs on this tour where, you know, song, I remember being a four-year-old in Glasgow, you know, my granny was really important to me. She delivered me, you know, when I was born. Mm-hmm. And my granny used to, my granny would get drunk at parties and sing, you know, and, I, and I'd hear her singing and I'd sing the songs that she used to sing. Uh, in this in this show, I sing songs that my mum and dad. My dad used to sing when he was battering his eyelids at women and stuff. You know, singing that King Cole songs. Yeah. You know, try to chat them up. <laughs> you know, so I sing songs that he did. I sing songs that my that, you know when I ran away from home as an eight year old. I used to sit on the end of the wharf, you know, the pier fishing, yeah. and there would be Italian guys there with their transistor radios fishing, and 
and that he had ra- songs on the radio. So all these songs are important parts of my life, and, yeah. they, and they sort of they, they they sort of round the stories up. Each song is is is, is it paints a picture of the stories that I'm telling, and also is like releases the sort of the, the tension of the story. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that you've you, you've written this book and, and you've gone uh, through it and you're healing, um, what has that done for your actual songwriting? Oh, I've you know I've, songs are flowing everywhere. I'm writing about lots of stuff, lots of great stuff. But I, I, it's sort of unlocked a lot of things. So you know, when you're writing songs, you do write from your heart, and I always heard about things that affected me. You know, I always yeah. heard about myself. Uh, but when when the blockages and when you, when there's stuff in there that you can't get to or you can't you don't understand, it was difficult to write about. I, I'm finding it much easier to write from from a from a deeper perspective. Uh, and you know, and I'm writing more. I'm, I'm obviously in the middle of writing the next book, uh, and I'm also writing fiction. Uh, and I'm and I'm, nice. you know, I'm writing all the time now, and, 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 it's, and it's helped my lyric writing. Um, right. Um, well, we're going to have to. We're, we're running out of time, but. Um, I yep. just want to, I want to thank you for taking the time out to speak to me, but also thank you for writing the book because, um, you know, while, while uh, th- this is your story, it's also the story of, of a lot of people. A lot of people can relate uh, and a lot of people can see that you're dealing mm. with it and you're healing with it too. And hopefully um, through this book and through your words, it will help them to begin to do the same. I think it's really important when people's heroes come out and tell these um, these stories, whether they're difficult, uh, or when, they're, when they're very difficult to tell uh, and they're, when they're really personal because... It can say, well, you know, you're just like me. Um, you know, we're the same. And, and this, these are the life. These are life issues. The, the things yeah. that we all share. We all go through the same stuff together. You know, some of it's good, some of it's bad. But, you know, we're, we're all doing it together, and we're all going to get through it together. That's the thing. We can't get through this shit alone. You know, you got to. Yeah. You know, I, I had to talk. I had to talk to, to people about this to get it out and and to share it with you because you know it helps me. And if it helps other people along the way, that's really great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, Jimmy, thank you so much uh, for taking the time out. As Thanks, I said, man. All the best to you. Yeah, can't yeah. wait to see you on the 7th. Cheers, mate. Cheers, pal. All the best. Look forward to coming back to Dunedin. Yeah, it's going to be great to have you here, mate. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Jimmy Barnes on tour around New Zealand in February uh, and the end of this month as well. In Dunedin on the 7th. Uh, Tuesday the 7th at the Regent Theatre. Uh, tickets are on sale now at um, eventfinder.co.nz. You can check out Jimmy Barnes' official website as well for more details. Um, go see him um, talk about his book, uh, play the songs um, that he uh, heard in his youth that meant a lot to him and shaped the man uh, that we all know today from Cold Chisel and his solo work as well. Um, Jimmy Barnes on tour uh, and in Dunedin on the 7th of Feb. Right, yeah, it's almost time.